Growing up, I, was, um, I had, had a lot of friends. I grew up in California. And um, I had one friend in high school that I became very close with, talking about connections. And um, his name was Khaled. He moved into my family's home from Amman, Jordan. He, he moved over as an international student um, to play tennis as a junior um, in high school. And he was on the um, Amman's national team and came to, to do high school and college here and moved in with my family. He ended up staying eight years. During that first year, we became close friends. He ended up giving his life to Jesus. And we would, we would spend so much time together. Everything we did, we pretty much did together. And, and we, for quite a while, we shared a room together. And we would spend about you know, 20 minutes every night before we went to bed praying um, for, for the day, for what happened, for what God was doing. We, we, we both had recently you know, kind of um, rededicated, well, he gave his life to Jesus, and I rededicated my life to Jesus kind of just before um, this encounter. So we were both kind of just seeking God and pursuing what it meant to walk with God together. Um, and there was such a strong connection there and bond um, because of that. And I, I, when I was thinking about this relationship, I haven't seen him. Um, I haven't for many, many years, almost since the end of college. Um, I haven't met his kids. He doesn't know my kids. Um, we, we keep up via Facebook and occasionally a phone call. But he's like a brother to me. Um, he, he was in my wedding, you know, and there's, there's this incredible still connection and bond that, that is there um, and close friendship. And there's been others over the years. And of course, my lovely wife, Amy, is my closest friend and the one that um, I walk with now. And, you know, for, for all of us, I think it's important. We need that. I think that as Christ followers, um, as humans, as, you know, creations of God, we are uniquely made and created for relationship. Would you agree? Think about, you know, somebody who's close to you, maybe your closest friend, or somebody in your life who is a very, very close friend. Um, what did that do for you? What did that do in your heart, in your life? I would assume that it gave you excitement. It, it added substance. You almost can't even put your finger on it, can you? But it added substance to your life. It added joy to your life. It, it made, you know, um, part of life exciting. Like you looked forward and look forward, hopefully, to seeing that person and being with that person. Often, these type of people are people that you have spent a lot of time with, Right? Most of the time, those types of relationships are is somebody who you've known for an extended period of time. If you're um, at KSU or at Life, that is the only exception. When you enter in your, your first year to college, like relationships go on like hyperspeed, right? They're like, shoom, you're like best friends the second day you're there. And all of a sudden, there's this incredible connection because you spend 24-7 together. 
and everything is together. You're sharing life experiences together. But usually these types of friendships, these types of companionships are lifelong types of things. And really God has designed us to walk together over a period of time because, and we have said this here many times, because we are better together. We, we just had the, the series reset where Andy talked about that we need each other. We, we are better together. We need to walk with one another, right? And that is so true. We desperately, desperately have a place in our heart and in our, our, that needs to be filled by close relationships, walking with one another. These types of relationships, they matter. They add substance. If you look in the Scripture, it's interesting that all the major themes in Scripture have a strong relational element to them. And I don't think that that's, you know, just by chance. I think God designed it that way. You think of the creation story. It was all about relationship. We'll get into that in a minute. God's covenant with Abraham and the people of Israel, it's all about relationship. God choosing a people to walk with, choosing a people that would represent him on earth, that would, would carry his, you know, goodness and through, throughout into the nations, the scripture talks about. God coming to earth to live among us. That's relational. It's because the God who created us the one we serve, he's a relational being. You think about the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The, the, there's a, an image that is described that they are in perfect un, union. They share perfect relationship. And when God created us, he said he created us in their image, that we would be able to enter in, in, in a sense, to that type of relationship with the creator of all things. How phenomenal and incredible is that? When the Bible describes us as a people, when it talks about who we are, it's all about relationship. He, he says, when, when the Bible describes us, it describes us as the body of Christ. That each one of us, the church, the, the, the billions of believers, the two billion believers. We make up the body of Christ. How incredible is that? The Bible describes us as the bride of Christ. Talk about relational. The Bible also describes us, you individually, as a son or a daughter. That's, there's intimacy, there's closeness. It's all about relationship. And the Bible, which I, I always love, um, often refers to us as friends of God. That you are a friend of God. How cool is that? You know, that God can be your best friend. You can walk with him. You can know him. You can be known by him. You can have that intimacy um, of relationship because that's the way God designed it. It's because God loves you. He cares for you. He wants that. He's, 
He, he has made us relational people so that he can know us and so that we could be known by him, so that we can walk together. I really, I believe that God takes pleasure in us knowing him. That might seem strange to you, but I believe that God is pleased when we know him. God, it, it brings him joy. It brings him pleasure. Have you ever thought of that, that you can bring something to God? in a sense, that you can, you know, influence God, in a sense, through a relationship. The scripture talks about that, that, that our faith pleases him. I love that. That we can bring pleasure to God by walking close with him, by knowing him, by being intimate with him. The Psalms and the Proverbs, they're full of imagery of this. That, that we are, you know, covered under his grace and shelter. You know, the, that, that you talk about David walking, you know, close with God. The Bible has many, many references over and over again about the great men of faith and women of faith that they walked with God. And that's what we're talking about today. What it looks like, what it means to walk with God. Because I believe that we are called, that we are created, um, that we are purposed to walk with God in a close, intimate relationship with Him. And that brings, I think, us a challenge, at least for most of us. It does for me. I know I've struggled with this over my years. Some of you here, you know, I think naturally have this, you know, um, incredible spiritual connection with God. There are those. Catherine, I think, might be one of those. There are, there are other people uh, like that that just naturally are bent that way. But I think for many people, we struggle with this concept. Would you agree? You struggle with the concept of walking daily, close, intimately with God connecting with him as you would a close friend or a spouse, or he talks about us as his children. I think it's something that um, we have to, for lack of a better word, strive for, even though it's, it's positionally given to us by God. Um, we have to reach out to him, and the Bible says he'll, he'll draw near to us. You know, Adam and Eve, from the beginning, we see Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall. And they, the, the Bible kind of gives this picture that they had this intimate connection with God because God says that he made, them in, he made Adam and Eve in, in their image, in God's image, and that he walked amongst them. And there's this, this, this beauty you know, that of, of sharing thoughts in life and, you know, actually sharing work and responsibility as well. Um, it talks about kind of how, how there was this deep connection there. And then at the fall, that was, that was broken. When they, they turned and they sinned, that was broken. 
And in the rest of the scripture, the theme of scripture is God redeeming mankind to have an intimate, close relationship with God, to be able to, to, ha- to have that walking relationship where God walks with his children in an intimate way. Psalms 62 says this, that my soul finds rest in God, that my hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on him. He is my mighty rock. He is my refuge. Over and over and over again, we see this imagery of God being close to us, God walking with us, him protecting us. He desires that type of relationship. John Piper, um, he famously said this. He says, that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. You can meditate on that for a while, and that, that might shift some things inside of you. That God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. When we gain our significance in him, when we gain, you know, kind of our identity in him, when we see who we are related to who God is, that that glorifies him. That that brings, brings him glory. It's not what we do. It's not, you know, the great things that, you know, Michael does, prophesying, you know, to the guy at the, um, the gas station and, you know, my, Michael takes every opportunity to, to tell somebody that they are loved by God and to share what God has done in his life. That's not what glorifies God. It's that, it's that Michael is his child and that he's, he knows him and that Michael knows him. It's that connection. It's the relationship. We serve a relational God. He does, he does not need us in that way. He created us because he wanted a relationship with us. It's interesting. After Adam and Eve, seven generations later, a man man comes on the scene. And he he is the great-grandfather of Noah. And the Bible, it's interesting, the Bible doesn't have much to say about this person. There's only a couple scriptures that even reference this person. But I believe that what it says is significant. What it says is something that we should take note of and pay attention to. And we should strive and and position ourselves to be spoken of in a similar way. Let me read Genesis 5.22. So this is, we're going to start off with a man named Jared who is, Um, Adam's great, 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 great grandchild, okay? When Jared had lived 162 years, he fathered Enoch. That's who we're talking about. Jared lived, after he fathered Enoch, 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Jared were 962 years, and then he died. 962 years, I read that and think, he lived almost a thousand years. What? That is crazy, isn't it? 
962 years. Then he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he's just a child, (laughs) he fathered Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God for 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Although Enoch lived a total of 365 years, Enoch walked faithfully with God, then he was no more, because God took him away. That's what the Bible says about Enoch. Is that at the age of 65, he had a child. He lived 300 years, and his, what he's remembered for in his, you know, great works is that he walked with God for 300 years. How incredible is that? And the Bible referenced him. He, he when, you, when you look through, there's not everybody's mentioned like this. There's only a few people. And the Bible brings him up to say, this is a man, Enoch. This guy, he walked with God. He walked with me for 300 years. And then because of that, I took him, the scripture says. It says that he plucked him from the face of the earth and took him before he saw death. There's only one other person in, in scripture that we see that this happened. That was Elijah, the great prophet Elijah, that he was taken up in a, in a whirlwind before Elijah. How incredible is that? And the thing I love about this is that nothing else is mentioned for the most part throughout Scripture except that he walked with God and because of that, I took him to make him my own. There's an intimacy. There's, there's a, you know, just an incredible connection there. And because, that, because he walked with God, Hebrews 11, which is the the great chapter of men and women of faith in the scriptures, Hebrews 11 mentions him. He's mentioned in the great kind of hall of fame among the, the, the men of women, men and women of faith. Hebrews 11 starts out this way. It says, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for, the assurance of what we do not see. If you've been in church very long, you've, you've heard a message on this. That's not what we're talking about today. But what is important there is that these are men and women that we're going to see in chapter 11 of faith who had great hope in God. Great faith and hope in God. And it, verse 2 says, this is what the ancients were commended for. This is what the ancients were commended for. And when you think of the ancients, you think of, you know, those early, those early stories that you heard in um, uh, Sunday school often. So one of the ancients that is brought up in Hebrews 11 is Noah, right? Any Sunday school goers here has been, some, some people, you know, didn't grow up at church. But if you did, you would have heard of Noah. And if you didn't grow up in church, 
at Sunday school and hear, heard of Noah, you would have seen him on the big screen, right? So what was Noah known for? He was known for the boat, the big boat, the ark. Exactly, that's what Noah is known for. Okay, what about Abraham? Many sons had Father Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. All right, you are one of them, and so am I. Okay, yes, that is what he's known for. Abraham is known that he was the father of, uh, of the, the nations, right? Um, that he had many sons. What about David? Goliath, right? Overcome Goliath, a great king. Um, that's the story you hear in, in Sunday school. What about Moses? Parting the Red Sea, delivering the children of Israel, Right? You know, meeting basically face-to-face with God, one of the few people who've ever done that. The, the, the list goes on and on and on of men and women who accomplished great things, have stories in the Bible. We learned about them in Sunday school. Let me ask you this. What about Enoch? What did you learn in Sunday school about Enoch? You didn't learn anything about Enoch, did you? Nothing. He's not in our stories. You don't hear about his... What the great things he did. But he is in Hebrews 11 with the great men and women of faith who did, you know, the most amazing things. When you, when you take a closer look at the men and women in, in Hebrews 11 and, and you look at their lives and what they were actually being rewarded for, in a sense, or mentioned for, It wasn't their great works. It was their relationship with God. Over and over again, the Bible talks. Noah, the Bible mentions that he walked with God. Abraham, the Bible talks about that he walked with God. David, he had a heart after God. Over and over and over again. It is not about what they did. It is their position before Jesus and before God. That they had a close relationship with God, that they loved God, that God knew them, could trust them. These types of relationships, the one I mentioned with Khaled, my wife, these relationships between God and and these great men and women of faith, Sarah's mentioned in there, Um, Samson, Samuel, um, Moses' parents are mentioned in, in this list of their great faith. It, over and over again, it is, it is there not because of what they did, but because of that they believed in God and had a relationship with, with God. It's because there was a closeness. There was a trust. There was, you know, a connection that went beyond what they could do. It was a relationship. And I believe that that is what God is looking for. A people who would walk close with him. It's not about how much we can accomplish for God. It wasn't that they parted the Red Sea. They were known for their faith. They were known for their hope in God. They were known for their their love, for the relationship they had. Hebrews 11 tells us 
and, and talks about how these men and women did great things. It, if you pop down to Hebrews 11 at the end, sums up everything that happened there. It says, these, were all, these men and women were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what they had been prop- promised. What that's talking about, the receiving what they had been promised, is what their hope was in, Jesus. The promise was the coming of the Savior. The promise was, you know, the, the relationship with God. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would we be made perfect. And it's referencing here and goes on to talk about how we, as children of God, now that Jesus has come, how much more should we be able to walk with God? These men and women had hope, had faith, walked close with God, And now the scripture talks about how we as children of God have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God living inside of us, the the indwelling of of God, that, that how much more should we now be able to walk in close relationship with God? Scripture actually tells us that His Spirit living inside of us testifies inside of us to who He is. That, that we can have an intimate connection with God unlike them so, to, to a whole nother level because the Holy Spirit lives and dwells in us. That we can walk with God in a closeness, in a relationship that, that is, is far beyond what they were able to do. In a couple of weeks, June 5th, we're having an equip night. It's our third equip night. And we are, we're talking about what it looks like to, to walk by the Spirit, what it looks like to walk a Spirit-empowered life. That's what this next equip night is on. Um, so if that's something you're interested in, please sign up and come June 5th after church Sunday um, in the evening. I'll, I'll give the announcement in a little bit. I wanted to plug that. I want to close with this. How do we walk with God? In the, in the garden, Adam and Eve, after they sinned, disobeyed God, it says that God came to the garden and was walking. What did he do? He called out to them. God called their names. God said, Adam, Eve, where are you? And they said, they said, we're hiding, we're ashamed, we're naked. And he says, who told you that? Who, who told you you're naked? Why are you ashamed? Because there was a, a disconnect between them and God that brought in the the, the element of shame and the, the propensity for us to hide from God when we do the wrong thing. It brought in that inside of us that wants to cover up all the issues that we have. 
But God said, called out Adam, Eve. I have something better for you. And I believe that's what he does for us. He calls out our names. And what he desires most of all is not for us to cover up, not for us to hide, not for us to try to make it look like we're someone we're not. He wants us to come to him just as we are. Because he desires an intimacy of relationship. What he desires most of all from you is relationship. What he wants most of all is to walk with you and for him, for you to walk with him. One of the, the favorite things I, in life for me, I've got a couple pictures if you'll be ready for that, um, is walking with my children. My favorite place to do this is to walk hand in hand with my kids along the beach whenever I have a chance. Um, there's one with me, that's, that's actually Ava in Australia, just walking along the beach, running along. And then I have another with Nate and a, and a friend. This one was a little more dangerous situation. Um, but this just brings me joy to walk with my children. And I believe that that's God's heart. It brings God joy to walk with you. In Hebrews 11, when it mentions Enoch, it talks about how he walked with God and it pleased God. That his life pleased God. That's what I want. I want my life to please God. It's not what I do. It's not what I accomplish. It's how close of a relationship I have with God. Would you stand? Right after Hebrews 11, it jumps into Hebrews 12, and it says, therefore. What, what's the therefore, therefore? It, it's, it's referring back to what we just talked about, Hebrews 11. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, those are the, the men and women of faith, let us throw off everything that hinders us, the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us persevere the race marked for us. That's how we throw off everything that would keep us from walking close with God. We throw it off. We don't hide. We don't cover. We throw it off. Whatever keeps you from walking close with God, throw it off. Get rid of it. Don't let it hold you back anymore. And this is what I love. Verse 2 says, here's the key fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. You want to be able to throw off everything? You want to be able to walk close with God? Don't look at all the stuff around you. Don't look at the, the problems you, you have. Don't focus on the things that that hold you back or that you fall into temptation with or that, you know, you know, kind of pull you away from walking hand in hand close with God. Instead of focusing on those, it says fix, throw those things off and fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen? In 1 Corinthians, it talks about that what will remain forever is faith, hope, and love. That we would believe God. That we would hope in Him. 
in our future with him and that we would love him with all of our heart, minds, and souls and then walk with one another. That's what this is about.